I'm going to open up uh, tonight's uh, service by reading uh, out of Psalms 23 and then out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. And these are our foundational scriptures for this study, Freedom from Stress. And tonight we're going to discuss and look at the subject matter of what do you see? Psalms 23, which is the current ministry of our Savior, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. This is the invitation from our Good Shepherd when he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So just to remind you, our definition uh, for stress is it can be understood as the feelings of being overwhelmed, burdened, worried, or anxious. And this is the result of sometimes outward appearances or sometimes just our own pragmatic or our practical thinking. Just the logical brain kicks in and we come to a conclusion because of the circumstances or what we're sensing or seeing at the moment. And and things aren't always what they appear. Uh, but sometimes, you know, what we see greatly influences our blood pressure, uh, just, uh, the, just our overall emotional well-being because uh, we rely to a degree on our senses every day to help us navigate this natural world. So sometimes it's it's hard to unhook from the sensual world and and remind ourselves that hey there's more to what's going on than what appears to my natural eye, and this is why uh, looking into God's word and especially a subject matter of that is this common to all of us uh, it, in regards to stress is so beneficial for us. So uh, I, as a reminder, last week we learned that through awareness we are able to acknowledge our need for the Lord's help. And who is the Lord? The Lord is our shepherd. And so he wants to help us. And he's a good shepherd. And and adjust our lifestyles accordingly. I, I, I believe that in the upcoming lessons, we'll see that the adjusting is where most of the battle occurs. Uh, awareness happens as our eyes are enlightened and as we see things uh, maybe for the way they really are. Uh, A husband and wife help one another with blind spots. Uh, Sometimes we really don't appreciate our spouse uh, pointing out some of our blind spots, but they're doing it because they're trying to help us to have some vision or sight in that particular area of our life. And But sometimes we're somewhat reluctant or resistant uh, to acknowledge that maybe I do have Uh, some awareness issues. Maybe I uh, don't see things clearly and maybe somebody else's perspective or or point of view could bring some clarity. But awareness is where really I think the whole process of change begins. Uh, You know, clinical psychologists say that if you can get a person to the place of admission, then they're really beginning to gain some traction as far as transformation or change uh, 
and to see some of the desires that they have actually become reality. But I think before anyone can acknowledge anything, they have to be aware of it. You and I cannot acknowledge something that we're unaware of. And Satan is a master at, at deceiving and blinding us to the things that we actually need to see and know and understand at times. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he's going to tell us the truth and not in a way that it condemns us or drives us away from God, but a way that it endears us and draws us closer to the Lord. So I, uh, I think that we all can probably agree that all good and godly change begins with awareness. Once I'm aware of something, then I have the ability to begin to welcome God into that situation through acknowledging him in all my ways, and then he helps me to adjust along the course. And that could be an attitude adjustment or it could be a relational adjustment. It could be adjustments in, in many different areas of our life. So here is the beginning of tonight's study. If you look at your notes, I've put in there, what do you see? What do you see? Have you ever been, has, has anyone ever asked you that question? Has anyone ever asked your perspective? Hey, how do you see this situation? Or, or, or what are you, what's your, what's your point of view? And, and I think all of us, uh, you know, have collaborated and, and people have welcomed us in to, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a problem solving meeting or we're brainstorming to try to find a solution for a better way forward. And, and, you know, the, there's multitude in, in their safety and the multitude of counselors. You get people that, that are solution-minded and wanting to do something uh, differently and better, and you get their perspectives, and you start, you know, putting together a pretty complete puzzle of, of maybe what you're facing and, and what it's going to take to overcome it. And so we, I, I believe we need people in our life that, that at times ask us, hey, uh, you know, uh, well, how do you see it? And 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 for them to listen to us and that's very healthy and uh, so i've also written in there uh, in in your notes in in what way does sight or natural vision hinder our freedom from stress and insight or spiritual vision help us to experience freedom from stress and uh, before we dive into uh the answer to that question, let's read an account in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 6. And so if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open up to that portion of Scripture. We're going to begin in the 8th verse and we're going to read down through the 23rd verse because there's such rich content in this portion of Scripture. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servant, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not once or twice. And therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servant and he said to him, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants says, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And so he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. 
Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So, I, I mean, he, he sent out the best uh, to get one man. I mean, he just uh, said, everybody who's available, everybody who's, who's capable, uh, we're going to capture this one individual because uh, he was causing, of course, the king of Syria some real troubles. So here's the situation. When the servant... Uh, therefore, verse 14, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so he answered, Do not fear. We could say, Don't stress out. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't let your blood pressure get up because of what you just saw or what just appeared to you for those who are with us are more than those who are with them and Elijah prayed and said Lord I pray open his eyes that he may see then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha so when the Syrians came down to him Elisha prayed to the Lord and said strike this people I pray with blindness and he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now, Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And so it was when they had come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of this men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and there they were inside Samaria. Now, when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elijah, my father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? But he answered, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword or with your bow? Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. Then he prepared a great feast for them. And after they ate and drank, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the band of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. A wonderful account of uh, the principle that we're looking at tonight. You know, what do you see? What do you and I see? How do you when, you, when you look around and you look at the landscape of your life, do you see it through the eye of faith or do you see it through the eye of, of the flesh? Do you see just all the natural things that are going on or do you see the possibilities of God doing much greater than what you can see, hope, dream, or ever desire. I think a lot of times we may start off in the flesh, but we don't have to stay there. Usually our first reaction is, wow, uh, maybe we're overwhelmed. Maybe our blood pressure does go up. Maybe we begin to be a little anxious. Maybe we even, you know, call people and share our concerns and, uh, you know, try to rally the troops and find some support. And there, I, I don't think we're, that's offensive to the Lord. I mean, he knows the weaknesses that we have, the frailties we have. But he also wants us to be able to understand there's more to what's going on than meets the natural eye. But sometimes if we're not careful, if we behold the natural too long, it becomes a problem. It really, we don't see the victory. We don't see the freedom. We can't see the Lord turning the situation around. We can't see a reversal because we become too accustomed to beholding it just from 
an outward appearance, which sort of triggers the logical or the pragmatic mind, which many times comes to a wrong conclusion. And therefore, we ask the Lord sometimes for what? Show me a sign. Show me something outwardly so that I can maybe begin to have some hope. And, you know, in that moment, hasn't God been gracious to all of us? Sometimes when we've asked, you know, for a sign, maybe we would call it or identify it as, you know, we've tested or tempted the Lord, but, you know, he still loves us even in the midst of our tempting him. We could say we are fleecing the Lord. We're putting a fleece before the Lord and, and uh, uh, much like Gideon did. But was the Lord gracious to Gideon? The Lord was gracious to Gideon. And he was merciful to Gideon. And many times he's merciful to us. But once the Lord has been merciful multiple times, I think we should begin to believe that he really is there. The host of heaven really are surrounding us. There really are more that be with us than be with them. And even though the landscape from the natural perspective doesn't look like it's possible, with God all things are possible. If you continue to read into Second Kings and you go into uh, the latter part of chapter 6 into chapter 7, there's another story. I'm not going to read it for time's sake. But it wasn't long after this account that the Syrians went home and sort of pouted a little bit and got a little angry at the nation of Israel again. And so... They mounted up their army and they went and besieged the city of Samaria. And they did it for so long that it, from the outward, all outward appearances, they were going to starve the people out. They shut off their supply lines. There was no food coming in. There was no fresh water. And people were perishing on the inside. Now you might remember the account, but there were some really outcasts known as lepers that were outside of the city walls and God used them to bring a great deliverance. The prophet even foretold that, don't worry, this time tomorrow, everything is going to change. The market's going to bounce back. The economy is going to be good. Your enemies are going to be gone. And everybody's going to be able to get food. And everybody's going to be protected and preserved. In one day, God turned it around. But up until that moment, everything looked bleak and dark and hopeless. According to the natural circumstances, it didn't look like anything could change. But in one moment of time, God reversed the whole situation. And that's why we have to have eyes that see. We have to pray that we would have eyes to see. We have to speak things through our faith. And as a result of what we truly do know about the Lord and what we do believe about him. And I want to encourage us all to be more proactive in that. I, I shared that truth with you last week. Be be. Proactive in speaking the word of God. Speak the promises of God, the blessing of God. Speak about the faithfulness of God in your life. And that will help eliminate the stress. Because now you're looking through the eye of faith. And you're not looking at things through the natural eye. The longer we look at things through the natural eye, 
the more stress builds in our life. And the more dramatic it gets, it goes from maybe a small incident into the world is on fire. Have you ever, you know, been around someone and drama kicks in because they have just rehearsed what they have seen in their mind over and over and over again and what started off as maybe a disagreement or a little spat has turned into World War III and they are armed and dangerous and they have every reason why they should feel that way about that person and about that situation and about that circumstances. That's the result of someone letting stress and pressure determine their decisions instead of their faith. And stress can take you there. So I want to uh, close. <clears throat> I want to close uh, by uh, reminding you of some of the signs of stress. Not that I'm trying to stress you out, but it just <laughs> may create a little bit of an awareness. And once again, then we'll get into our discussion and a time of prayer. So here are some of the things that happen when stress is prevalent in our life. We can have head and body aches from a physical standpoint. We can have insomnia, sleeplessness. You know, this causes fatigue, sometimes stomach issues. From an emotional standpoint, we're restless, we're touchy, angry. We could be sad or apathetic. It really impacts our mood in a negative way. From a spiritual perspective, we become fearful, doubtful, and filled with unbelief. That's why the prophet shared with his servant, don't be afraid. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes because the prophet prayed and he saw things the way they really were. And so fear has a way of forecasting the worst, doesn't it? It just sort of aligns itself with the flesh and goes down that path. The behavioral indicators of stress, you know, uh, it, it does impact someone's eating habits. Sometimes they overeat because honestly, all of us to a degree find comfort in eating. That's why we do it three times a day. It's not necessarily that we need all of that food, but we sort of like it, and it's comforting. And so our flesh gets used to it. And sometimes uh, people just stop eating, and that's a sign of stress. Uh, Self-medicating with alcohol, drugs, tobacco, (laughs) gambling, or sexual addictions. Uh, Isolation, we become accusatory. Uh, We can blame one another. And so these are things that each and every one of us have experienced. And uh, so... As we transition into our time of discussion, here are some of the things that uh, were brought up last week, and we just had such a, a wonderful time of interacting and supporting one another when it came to this subject matter. I asked the question, you know, what are some of the things that would, uh, you know, that sort of stress you out? And, and Kendall kicked it off by saying, driving, you know, just driving, and and it couldn't, I don't know if it's his driving or just the way other people drive, or now that is, all of his kids are, are driving, uh, we're not quite sure, but but driving was, was one of the things that, that he brought up. Uh, there were those that commented about family issues and the dynamics of a family, uh, and some of the dysfunctionalness with, within a family. Uh, health concerns can cause someone, you know, to be stressed out, financial issues in someone's life, uh, work and all of the dynamics that go with work and the environment, uh, as Bob Seeger sang, deadlines and commitments, you know, uh, what to leave in, what to leave out, you know, against the wind. We just feel like we're running against the wind. Uh, 
I'm older now, whoo, but I'm running against the wind. Bob Seger, a great songwriter that he wrote. Uh, it, everybody's felt the pressure of deadlines and commitments. Uh, the parents in here, you know, your kids beginning at a very young age. Uh, some of them are brilliant, but you put a test in front of them and they don't like it. They could probably answer all the questions if it was just you and them and one-on-one and and uh, But there's some kids you put in that kind of environment where they have to perform and they feel pressure. Uh, they, uh, you know, sometimes they're misunderstood. They're, they're misdiagnosed. And people learn in a lot of different ways, a lot of different environments. And some people learn not through lecturing, but actually through, through uh, mentoring and modeling and actually putting their hands to things. There's just so many ways that the message can and the principles and the truths can be transmitted into a person's life to where they can be successful. But, you know, that can create, that can create some problems. So here's one that we didn't talk about, uh, and I'll just bring it out. Uh, how about people? People ever stress you out? <laughs> I mean, you just stress me out. And uh, uh, Johnny P. and, and Kendall weren't here last uh, tonight, and uh, and, and, uh, but uh, after the service, uh, Kendall came up and gave me a big hug. He said, you know, you stress me out. And, and Johnny P's like, yeah, you stress me out. And I said, well, that really makes me feel special. And, uh, and you know, just, it, it, and you, you, you know, you're just so thankful that you have that kind of uh, camaraderie and, and interaction. But to a degree, you have to reflectively think about that, don't you? Each and every one of us. Uh, and, and I and I take that part, and as well as as in jest, but it it is something to to ponder and to think about. Lord, I don't want to do that, but why would we? Because we don't know we're doing it. I I don't I don't believe anyone who's who's really trying and and really endeavoring to walk with Christ wants to cause any trouble to anybody. But do we? We do because we don't see everything. Sometimes we just see it from the natural eye and we come to the wrong conclusion and it creates what? Some problems. We came to the wrong conclusion. And so these are things that I think the Lord wants to help us with. I think he wants to help us all because stress, you know, is, I mean, it, it does a lot of bad things to us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So if we can experience the freedom in the life that Jesus came to bring us, through the truth that he teaches us and the power that he provides for us. I love that. I'll take a whole bunch of that. I'll take a whole bunch of that. So will you. I know you will. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641 828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.